Hi, this is Rina and welcome to my podcast. You are listening to the MoneyWise Audio Experience. In this series, you'll be listening to some conversations I had with Monesi Musalia, who is a serial entrepreneur, a TV show host, YouTuber, husband, and father. Listen as we talk through his life experiences that are inspiring and very, very interesting. Yes, I'm still having a conversation with Monesi and I'm just like... Because I've never heard his story before. And if you haven't, if this is the first video watching, please go back and watch the previous video because it gives background of where Monesi came from. And so I want to pick up from there, Monesi. Sure. Um, and I want to go to Joburg. You know, you moved to Joburg, I think you said you were 14 yep. and lived there for over 10 years. You know. Yeah, close, yeah, close to 10 years. Um, yeah, I think I was about 15 when I moved and uh, lived there. Did all my, my finished my A-levels and then... Uh, did my university, started working very early. Earning. How old were you? I was, my first job was, I was a barrister. I was behind the, I, was, I used to do coffee. I thought your first job was the sales job. So, this, so that was like the first money, money that I earned, but my first like employment wage contract was as a barrister. So once I realized that... So what's a barrister for this world? A like? barrister is someone <laughs> who stands, who, who serves coffee, who works in a coffee house and who is able to make cappuccinos and lattes and those exotic uh, coffee drinks. So did you have to go to school to learn how to do it? We had, a, we had, a, we had quite an intense training, actually. Okay. It was um, with, a, with a, a well-known, established coffee uh, house in, in Johannesburg. And uh, worked, got the training and started working behind the counter. And then I realized that the minimum wage that I was earning, by the time like I had put fuel and done whatever, what I was making doing promotions yeah. um, was, more? Uh, was much more. I mean, I, and so I did that for like six months, but what that taught me was, uh, and we were in a very affluent area. My coffee shop was in a very affluent area. I learned how to communicate with uh, people of a certain mm. level. Um, because of where the coffee shop because was. Because of where the coffee shop and was. And come for a coffee. Absolutely. But when would you talk to them? I mean, so I'm, the so order is given, you're a barista, absolutely. you just go do your thing and there's a coffee. So here, I mean, I'm sure you've realized in this video that I, I talk a lot. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and you I can I'm like, I'm trying to get a question. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I think what, what developed in that, in that period of, of me doing promotions and... Because um, I'll give you the example of the ice cream. So this guy told me, stand in front of this uh, freezer. Okay. Just promote the ice cream to the people who are coming to the freezer. Uh, give them some samples, you know, give them a taste, a scoop or whatever. Okay. And let them be on their way. Um, I, I, I gave ice cream to everybody. <laughs> okay. To the tellers, to the guys who were packing, to the guys in the back the security, the whole mall, I was like, okay, there's free ice cream here. Yeah. It's not mine. Uh, I was told to give this thing away, so I'm giving it away. Right. Everybody. And anybody who would... So I, would, I, I didn't stay by the freezer. I was walking around with this ice cream, like, all right, do you want some ice cream? Do you want some ice cream? And getting a conversation. What I didn't realize was the brand manager of that ice cream brand was in the store at that time, and he was watching me. Mm. Um, so we did Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then on the, on the Monday when everybody was being called in, because we were a few promoters, people were being called in to, to take their wages, they told me to stay behind. So I thought I was in trouble. I yeah. thought, okay, now what have I done? Yeah. And they said, no, you're that enthusiastic kid in Lone Hill, pick and pay. Um, uh, do you want to be a supervisor? Wow. So now we're going to give you we're going to give you a car allowance. No I didn't way. even have a car. How old and were you? I was 17. That's amazing. We're going to give you a car allowance, a cell phone allowance. I didn't have a cell phone. And you will be now, the same rate that you were earning, you will earn that, but now you're going to get more hours. So long story short, I was making around, around a thousand rand That's a week. A week? Yeah, on that deal. 
and as a as a coffee barrister person where I was working That's like almost 10,000 10, shillings. 10,000 shillings in, in, the, in 2001. At that time it was 10,000 shillings. 10,000 shillings, it was 2001. Um, and, and I'm in school, I'm doing my university and I'm like, so that's, if, if I worked every week, that's like 40,000 shillings a week. That's, that's more than what I would, you would get if you finish university and start a job. 40,000 a month. 40,000 a month, yeah. Um, just doing that. And you were 17. And I was 17, so I was like, wow all right, this is, this is cool. Now I can keep up with my friends because all my, you know, they were friends, affluent, they were affluent and they had allowances and all of this stuff. But then I took it a step further. Um, and uh, now I was working at the coffee shop. I learned how to communicate with uh, the wealthy and the well-to-do. Hi, how are you? Make small talk with, uh, with them as they're getting their coffee. Where did you get that from though? Ask them. Is that from your mom, your dad? I think it's from my dad. I think, I think it's my dad. I okay. think, you know, uh, by the way, interestingly, both my parents were, were actors. I also was, you oh, know, I was involved in, in theater for a long time. In fact, my dad from... from Where, in SA? Here, here, here. Um, um, he Phoenix? was Phoenix. Yeah, my dad was big. He was actually, I think, he was a chairman of Phoenix. At oh some no point. way! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So, so we we went to plays a lot, a lot. and and, okay. um, and and the whole acting. I, actually, my parents met on stage in the seventies. No yeah, in University of Nairobi, there were the you know big drama club. Guys. Very interesting. Okay, so now yeah. after the coffee shop. So after the coffee shop, I I, I liked money now touching money, having it, seeing what it can do, seeing the respect that it was giving you, seeing the power that it had, because mm. most people were, t were making money to consume it. Yeah, sure, I consumed and I had fun, but I realized that if I then got my friends involved and I was saying, okay, listen, do you want to come and earn a bit of money yourself? I will make, put in a word for you and you can go be a promoter and you can earn a bit of money. And I was now seeing that this money actually, I get to have influence over people. Um, so I looked for more. I started looking for more. So me and my, my brother and I, he was young at that time. We, he was nine, but he was also in one of these nice affluent schools. We used to come back to Kenya anytime we would come back and visit Kenya. Mm -hmm. And we would come with nothing in our suitcase. And there were these, it used to be called stalls at yeah. the time. Still, huh? Still. Clearly you, know. you don't shop in them. No, 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 no. At the time, see, <laughs> Saizi, they're, they're, it's still there. But at that time, there was a place called Nairobi Stalls. It was specific. Yes. And I remember this lady called Charity, and Charity was like my hookup. She was the plug. And Charity used to put like Timberlands and, add, and these Calcanis and Pepe jeans and all of this stuff. Yeah. Brand yeah. names, right? Yeah. And we used to shove them in the, in the suitcase and go back with them. And because South Africa at the time was under apartheid, mm. um, they didn't have access to all of these no. brands. So when they got independence, the brands that were available were only in the high-end malls in Carlton Center very and Santon, very expensive. So a pair of Timberland boots was maybe about like, what, 1,000 to 1,200 Rand. Um, and I was getting them from charity for like 2,500 bob. Mm. So I would, we would go there and we would sell them. Well, I don't know whether they were original or not, but that's not my problem. You'd sell them in SA? We'd sell them in SA. I, I, now, out, out of the boot of my friend's car, we would, we would park at the high school and open the boot and we would sell clothes. So see, clothes. that for me is already just... You, how old are you again? 17. Yeah, so a 17-year-old would not be thinking, let me buy these to sell. Let me buy these to show my friends. No. How cool. But I'm just saying. Yeah, for sure. Like, where are you from? Because I'm like, I'm seeing, I'm, I, I was seeing what money was able to do for me. So now on top of now the, the money I was making from, from the promotions and whatever, we were now selling uh, clothes uh, in high schools in the well-to-do areas. Um, and so if, if it was a thousand rand for a pair of boots, we would sell it for like 800. Mm. Uh, and we got it for 200. So we're making like a killing. Mm -hmm. um, 
and, and, and that became like our gig. And then they would be like, yo, so you guys, because they would, they would, as, as we, were, we were selling the stuff, we'd be playing music in the car, and they would be like, yo, uh, that's, that's nice, can you make me a CD or can you get me that music? <laughs> and apparently internet had not hit them at, as early as it had hit us in Kenya. Even the speeds, by the way, even till today, you know are much saying? slower than here. Amazing. Yeah. In the year 2001, 2000, so I'll, I'll be like, yeah, sure, how, much, how, how many CDs do you want? Oh, can you make me three CDs? I'll, I'll pay you 50 rand for one. I'm like, I. So I started selling music as well. Wow. Then they're like, oh, you know, your music is nice. Can you come and play at my at my house? I've got this birthday party. I'm like, sure. Okay. And this other job? It's continuing. And school? Continuing. We are continuing. We, I mean, and that's the thing, Rena. Everybody has the same 24 hours. Right. You just choose how much time. So m most of my friends were like, they were playing PlayStation, they were partying, they were, you know, looking for girls and all of this stuff. I was just thinking, where's the next, you know, where's the next hookup going to come from? So we're selling them clothes, we're selling them uh, MP3 CDs and whatnot. But what was driving you? Because you were not poor, you had everything that you needed. Sure, but the kids around me, the 17-year-olds around me were driving around okay, in Mercedes and, 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 and all of these things. Yeah. And I was like, I want that. Okay. I want this life. And your mom had told you, by the way, if you want the car. She's like, yeah, no. And, and here's the thing. My car was like this old Golf 1. It was a Chico. I remember it was called a Chico. And it was, I mean, I was proud of it. But, you know, when you compare it to what my my you know, my at peers the at, the, at the time were driving. I mean, I was with ambassadors' kids and all of this stuff, and it was, you know, but it didn't make me feel bad. I was like, okay, you know what? If this is how they're, they're living, I want, I want this life. Um, so I ended up sitting a lot with their parents rather than sitting with them. So this is interesting. In my, in my own thinking, yeah. when I think about putting my child in an environment such as that where we're not quite like the other families, sure. I put undue pressure, then they'll get... Uh, self-esteem issues. So it's interesting that that didn't happen for you. Why do you think that didn't happen? I must say that I think it is because of the grounding that my parents, especially my mother, had in God. Um, okay. Around that time, she, she, so we, we grew up Muslim. We're, I'm, I'm Muslim and uh, we, we've grown up in a Muslim household. And, and I remember every time that the, the one thing that we used to be told was, whether, whether something good happens to you or something bad happens to you, it's all part of God's plan. Okay. So don't, there's no need to put pressure on yourself. You, ha you do what you can with your time, with your energy, with your effort, um, and then the rest will follow. So don't, don't feel like, you know, they, they, they didn't choose the families they were born into. You didn't choose the family you yeah. were born into. You work with what you have, mm -hmm. figure it out, and, um, and he will sort the rest out if he wants and if you do right by him. Um, so that... I think, you know, of course, at that time, you know, I'm a kid. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, I get it, whatever. But she, she never put pressure. She was just mm -hmm. like, yeah, well, you, you know, um, we're here now. You figure it out, uh, and, and God loves you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So next, now we move from, okay, so you are selling from the boot of your car. DJing now. So now DJing I started DJing, well. so I bought DJ equipment as well, because kids were like, come and play at my parties. So I, I invested in DJ equipment, got a partner. And, and, and somehow learned DJing. how to... And now the DJ was good money. Ooh, that was some good money. We used to get um, uh, between a thousand, between 500 and a thousand per session. So we would be like at, at someone's house um, uh, and, and, and they, would, they would give us the money. They will give us half before and half after we're done. So that's in Rand. So that's about 10,000 shillings every yeah, time you DJ. Yeah, every time I DJ. And that was maybe Friday and Saturday. Mm. And now I get to party wow. and make money, you know. Imagine. So by the time I was 18, 19, if you take the 
clothes and whatever. If you the take barrister the, job. the barrister, no, the barrister job, I quit after six months. I okay. mean, that was like a complete waste of money and time. Take the 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 promotions where I was now maybe about, at about forty, fifty thousand a month. Um, yeah, my 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 net by eighteen, I was well over two hundred thousand. You're kidding. Yeah. Twenty thousand what? Shillings, so twenty thousand rand. Okay, twenty thousand. Yeah. Yeah, uh, wow. a, a month, uh, and that's not. No, no, no. Sorry, I thought you said net worth. My, no, that was. That's his income. Income, yeah. That's 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 the income I was I was, I was making. I was I was eighteen, 200, nineteen. Two hundred thousand shillings. Yeah. A month. Yeah. Um, you don't. It's not a good idea to give a nineteen-year-old no. that kind of money. So then you can't have been normal. No, I wasn't. What happened? Oh, jeez. Yeah, okay, I let's mean. talk about it after. <laughs> we'll talk about his behavior. <laughs> In Joburg, in Joburg, you can imagine that city. Okay, it's well, yeah, subscribe. Uh, this is Rina Hicks, and we are having an amazing conversation uh, with Mwenesi Misalia.